1: Hello and welcome to this Outchanging World podcast from RNZ National, presented by Alison Balance and Veronica Maduna. Everything in our world is getting smarter, it seems, even our clothes. E-textiles and smart fabrics are the next tech frontier, and Frances Joseph from Auckland University of Technology is helping lead the charge. She's a textile designer, but she collaborates with engineers and others in CoLab and in a textile and design laboratory. Alison is off to find out more about this exciting new field. CoLab is
2: a collaboratory, so it's a interdisciplinary research centre trying to work in those interesting intersections between traditional disciplines, particularly in terms of new technologies. So e-textiles, the area that we, I'm doing a lot of work in, which really brings together people from textile design, Electrical engineers and also material scientists and also, uh, I suppose, specialists in terms of application areas. So we're doing a lot of work with uh, physiotherapy at the moment. Really starting to think about how you bring these together where you've got perhaps someone who's an expert in designing textile structures, but they're doing that for the aesthetics for the uh, For the sort of haptic, the feel of something, um, for the you know traditional ways you might think about how we use textiles, and then you're getting an engineer coming in and thinking, well, if we're using conductive yarns for these, what happens when we put this conductive yarn into uh, a particular knitted stitch structure? What happens if we put it into a woven structure? Uh, what happens if we want to try and create textile based electronic components that are flexible and drapeable and wearable as opposed to more traditional hardware which doesn't conform to the body. One of the reasons we're interested in applications for physiotherapy, we're not talking about producing technology for clinics and for specialists to do very detailed evaluation, we're talking about creating therapeutic products that people can use at home. Because there's a big problem with people, they do their therapy if they're in a clinic, but when they're meant to do it at home, there's uh, very low numbers of people that that, uh, follow a regime like that as frequently as they should. Give me an example
1: of a specific piece of technology that might fit into that area.
2: We're doing some work at the moment with a, a, a responsive mat, for people working with balance or working with, say, rehabilitation from stroke, where they might need to practice particular sorts of stepping routines, it's not just about measuring if someone follows the routine, but it can also give them feedback. It can feed back to a mobile phone, but also it can feed back in terms of sound effects or lighting effects. So, using, thinking about some of those sort of, I suppose, almost sort of gamification elements. Creating uh, artifacts that are responsive to people that might encourage them more by the way that they respond. Those are the sorts of strategies that we're we're looking at.
1: Where do the ideas for these come from? Is this you coming up with an idea and then going and talking? to, for example, physiotherapists saying, is this something would, that would work for you or does it work the other way around? Initially, the work we started
2: developing with e-textiles uh, through the Textile and Design Laboratory was with companies coming to us with um, ideas that they wanted to explore, uh, particularly with knitted conductive textiles so that we could we could play around with compression or we could play around with uh, stretch sensors or pressure sensors that were constructed through the Textile itself. For example, when we started to collaborate with physiotherapy, it was really talking to them about what are the potential for e textiles, showing them samples of, of things that we were doing. And then they said, That's really exciting. We've never thought about being able to do things like that. Yes, there are all these problems with some people not wanting to wear devices that look medical. They want to look ordinary. It'd be great if we could put it into a cardigan. But also then they started to think about the potential for other forms of equipment around the home, for example. And then we just couldn't stop
1: them. They you know, we we've probably got enough projects for the next fifty years. I'm trying to picture something like a, a smart wearable cardigan, thinking cardigans are quite flexible and stretchy, yes. whereas you are trying to integrate, I imagine, things like circuit boards, wiring, things that I don't think of as being very stretchy at all. Well, I could show you an example here. of a, This is a, a knitted sample,
2: a square. The outer areas are knitted in non-conductive uh, yarns, but the the square in the middle is knitted with conductive yarn, and at the edges of it, it's got a... Um, another almost like little wires that are it, that are knitted into the textile, so we can use this as a stretch sensor. We could use it, for example, if we wrap that round the body the the amount of stretch and compression creates a resistance across the textile, and so that can be measured and that can be used to gauge, for example, if I was moving around and wanted to say gauge the you know the, the bend of my knee or something, I could get a reading from that and so you can see with this that actually the sensor itself is textile and Quite a lot of the wiring is textile. Where the issue with this is then is how you join this part of the wiring from the sensor then to whatever microprocessor that you might have. Uh, there's a, a, a wonderful group in uh, the UK that are actually integrating microprocessors into the yarn itself and encapsulating them so the idea of the uh, textile not just being a sensor but also being part of a whole sort of electronic system is really interesting possibilities
1: can i just have a feel of that to see how the two different parts of it go so the outside is uh, just a just a yarn yeah i mean it feels a bit like one of those crepe bandages that's right yeah and, and this is a silver, um, a silver. The silver conductive oh, area oh, feels, yes. I have to say, very similar. If you think about the handle of it, it's
2: slightly different, slightly a little bit more, probably a little harder. So this particular yarn is metal fibres uh, that are blended with with polyester. But uh, there's also a lot of work that's starting to happen, say with nanofibre yarn and uh, conductive inks that are using conductive nanoparticles. So we've. We've also been doing a little bit of work with that. And we're also working with a company in Auckland looking at producing nanofiber yarns. So I suppose there's several layers to the, the textile structure itself from molecular level to the yarn level and the structure of the yarn and whether that's all conductive or it's a combination of conductive and non-conductive. Then there's stitch structures Um, and whether with with knit it's very interesting because plain and purl and combinations of stitches, and some stitches are more stretchy, some are more controlled, Um, and again you can start to get different electronic behaviours, not just through the yarn itself but through the stitch structure and the way that the textile behaves.
3: I am Charlotte Alexander and I'm a recent Master's graduate at the moment I am organising a bunch of different componentry for an e-textile kit that we're going to have available for students hopefully. Bits involves like, for example, this is a lily pad Arduino. So this is a microcontroller with solder tabs on it. That means that you can use conductive thread to create circuitry. You can attach sensors and outputs, so LED lights or motors.
2: They were developed by a woman, Leah Beakley, who's at MIT in the United States. Uh, Lee is a physicist and a computer scientist, and she's very interested in getting women and girls working with programming and new technologies. And she realised that actually a lot of girls like making things they can wear, and so she developed these using the Arduino platform, but LilyPad was a very specific textile application, so that not only can you use these to make wearables... But in doing that, then you start to learn basic programming. Charlotte did a wonderful workshop as part of a a series for introducing young people to STEM subjects. But they also made these
1: beautiful sort of textile...
3: Textile sensors, yeah.
1: So you've got something that looks a bit like French knitting.
3: This is one of the things I did do with the girls is that we French knitted sensors with conductive fibres and then they could uh, make a LED fade based on how much they pulled that little bit of French knitting. So um, it's really interesting to bring that sort of, I guess, handcraftedness to technology, and it's kind of makes it that little bit more accessible. Like, everyone can sort of learn how to French knit, and it becomes really exciting when you... Do something yourself and suddenly, you know, you're stretching this little bit of knitting you made and the LED's lighting up. They really enjoy it.
2: We have a felting machine in the textile lab and so we've been doing quite a lot of interesting work using conductive felt making felt with um, the stainless steel fibre integrated into it. And so that, of course, if you start to squeeze that, it again changes the the resistance. So we've made some pressure sensors with them.
1: So you've got another example
2: there.
3: That is something that I've just been playing with at the moment. Um, It's actually got a coil of insulated copper wire inside the felted piece here and then a magnet on the opposite side that's been filtered in and so this little flap here uh, can move when you apply voltage to it so it's basically an electromagnet so you can magnetize the flap and make it move essentially with a battery.
2: These sorts of samples are really to demonstrate to people that you can, you, know, you can use stretch sensors, you can use pressure sensors, but you can start to use other principles, so using the idea of electromagnets. So there's really all sorts of ways of animating mm-hmm. or making the textile responsive, be that for measuring and collecting data from the body or be that, that it might respond to something else. So we, Charlotte and I worked on a costume for dance and that actually meant that we worked with fiber optics, so there was uh, color change in the textile that that we explored all sorts of possibilities in the end. we had the textile responding to changes in the Sound. sound. The sound yeah. So, working with the soundtrack. But we also played around working with accelerometers, so, worked with the velocity of the dancer, uh, working with tilt sensors, so, worked mm-hmm. with the different body alignment with the dancer. So, it's interesting, the work that we tend to do, say, with health sciences uh, or sport, tends to be more scientific and measuring but we're also very interested in the expressive potential you know which textiles of course have always had but also if we sort of take it beyond decorative into these textiles that can really express things Mm -hmm. Um, we have an I have another student um, Amit Gupta who's doing his PhD and he's working with emotion sensing textiles that will respond to say galvanic changes in the skin, uh, heart rate, other physiological signs of emotional change. He worked with uh, Donna Cleveland, another one of my PhD students, and they made a dress for one of the staff in the School of Business to wear for a, an awards night, and the colour of the collar changed depending on the emotional state of the woman wearing it. And her PA said to me afterwards, she said, that dress was fabulous because, firstly, I could see where she was in the room, hundreds of people, but also when I could see that the collar was changing from pink into purple into blue, I knew I needed to get over there and help her with things. So, actually, it was quite an interesting communication device. It was a bit frivolous in one way, but actually it was very interesting the way that it worked.
3: Some of the early sort of wearable technologies were that sort of way they were used by artists and you know fashion designers in ways that you probably wouldn't wear every day. But it created this sort of platform of thinking. Okay, well you can do that, but how how does that become a, a function that I can utilize in other ways?
1: That was Master's Graduate Charlotte Alexander. And you also heard Francis Joseph from AUT University. Thanks for listening to this Hour Changing World podcast. Check out our webpage for photos and web features rnz.co.nz. Our Changing World. Kia ora mai.
0: Botox Cosmetic, Ata Toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you.